Al Dente podcast. Today I'm joined by AUDSS Publications Gen Con member and BDS2 student Ella George and we have an incredible guest today. You may remember her as one of two brilliant speakers from the AAPDP oral surgery series earlier this year. It's OMFS resident Dr. Wen Wu. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Wu. Have you managed to get a mid- mid-year break like the rest of us? Yes, I have. I had a month off, which was great. Oh, and thank nice. you. Yes. <laughs> and thank you so much for having me. Mm. It's a great honor to oh, be on this podcast. This is my very first podcast, oh. so we shall see oh. how it goes. The first of many, hopefully. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Did you guys get a break as well? Yes, I'm in cool. second year, so I've had like half a month and I've got another two weeks. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> I had 10 days. So mm-hmm. today I'm back again, Yeah. Um, a bit, bit exhausted, especially coming back from Melbourne, which was a bit full on with the convention. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. How was convention? It was so good. Like yep. met a lot of people, I think got a lot of perspective of what Adelaide Dental School is like compared to other dental schools. Mm. And it was like, and we've still got a group chat going. Hopefully some of them will come to the Adelaide Dental Bowl yep. later this year. But yeah. Was this your first convention that you've been to? Yeah, it was. So um, there was one in first year that was in Adelaide, but I was like, I didn't really know anything about dentistry yet. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I didn't go to that one, but this was the first one. So I really recommend like students going next year. Um, Yeah, if they can. Yeah. Yeah. And did you like Melbourne? Yes, I love (laughs) Melbourne. It was like, oh my gosh, I, I had no idea like how big the city was. I have like friends who live there and they're like they need google maps to like navigate and stuff like that and like the buildings are so tall like when I came back to Adelaide I went through the city and the buildings are so short and so cute in comparison so yeah it was a fantastic yeah good good. because I'm very pro Melbourne as I think a lot of people know so I love it when people just rave on about Melbourne yeah (laughs) oh my god yes yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) so when you moved here what was like your first impression of Adelaide um, I'm not going to lie, and I think a lot of people out there might be a little bit offended. So I'm, I'm going to pretext it by that. They are um, very different. Um, coming from Melbourne, obviously, it's a much bigger, busier city, as you <coughs> mentioned, Jingyang. Um, so getting used to, I guess, the shorter buildings, but also mm-hmm. the opening and closing hours of a lot of places as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. CV groceries at 7pm, not going to happen. Not going <laughs> to no. happen, no. Especially on the weekend where everything shuts at five. Um, and then, you know, you've got a lot of things being, you know, on Sundays being closed as well. So you really have to plan your week out. Yes. Um, and I think the biggest shock for me was I was, so I came in um, and I think my first weekend I was on call. So I was doing emergencies at the Royal Adelaide Hospital and it was a public holiday. So it was Australia Day. And so I thought, oh, this is going to be a great time to do my shopping and my groceries because I'm going to do ward round. I'll be done by nine. I'll go to the shops. No one will be around. So I go to the shops, it's all shut. No. <laughs> and then I, there's like, you know, it's dark, there's a trolley in front and I'm like, okay, I've got to Google. We'll see what time the shops are open. So I Google and then I found out shops are closed on a public holiday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I learnt the hard way. Um, but I think Adelaide's grown on me now. I, or I've gotten used to Adelaide. So I do enjoy some of the, a lot of the perks of Adelaide. So like no traffic, yes. everything being very close. Mm, um, and yes. I think I've just worked my life around Adelaide. So, <laughs> Oh, that's good to hear. Yes. That's good to hear. Like Adelaide is actually really nice if you go a bit further. Mm. Like like the beaches are nice. Yeah. And, and everything's yeah. very close. Like you can get to yes. the hills and the beaches in like half an hour. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No tolls as well. Mm, that's right. Love that. Yeah. No, I do. The only thing I do kind of miss is like driving on the roads, just um, being able to speed a little bit more. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I get away with that. I'm so 
used to like drop bakers, you know, going straight onto the freeway, being to drive at like 80, 100 kilometers an hour. Obviously, it's not until you get like towards, you're heading towards Barossa when you get to really speed off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay, so what made you decide to specialize in OMFS? There was a number of things, but I've got to say, just to put it out there, um, I never actually wanted to do Max Fax when I was in dental school. So I always thought that I was going to graduate, I was going to become a general dentist, and that was going to be my life. <laughs> um, but in my, I guess, when I was applying for jobs in my final year, um, I applied to be the dental resident at Monash Medical Center. And I was on a whim as well. I was just like, oh, you know, I'll put my application in because I'm like, you know, can't be picky about jobs. And then I got an interview and then I ended up getting the job, which was unexpected. So, um, and then, so that kind of like brought me into kind of like public dentistry, but in kind of like from a hospital perspective rather than like from the community health view. So I got a lot of exposure to general practice, but also all the specialties and kind of like a subspecialty because a lot of the patients would be like like very medically compromised or you'd be dealing with like cleft lip and palate patients as well. Um, but I think out of being exposed to all the specialties, I really enjoyed Max Fax and it was more like the sur- obviously the surgeries are great and fun and glory. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, either you really love the surgeries when you first see them or you just faint. Um, but no, I really enjoyed that. But I also really liked, you know, just the interaction with patients, you know, the outpatient clinics. Um, and just being, you know, being able to see a lot of things that you learn in dental school. Um, so I think that kind of piqued my interest, started to pique my interest in Max Vax. Um, but as you know, unfortunately, it is a very long pathway. And being female, it's even harder. Um, so I kind of had to make sure that I really wanted to do Max Vax. So I then applied for the Max Vax resident job at um, the dental hospital in Melbourne just to see for a year whether or not I really enjoyed Oral surgery and max facts, you know, taking out wisdom teeth, could I do it all day, every day without being bored or stressed? Um, and really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, so I don't think there's a particular event. I think a lot of people have a particular event or, you know, something that really makes them want to do max facts. But I think for me, really, it's just everything um, about max facts, you know, being able to do all these cool surgeries, being able to really see like how patients are transformed, you know especially from like a psychological point of view as well um, when you see like orthognathic patients or cleft lip and palate patients or like patients who have like syndromes and you know they've gone through a lot of like psychological trauma or you know and then you can kind of help them in some way um, and you kind of see like their growth as well in a very short space of time too um, but I kind of also really enjoy kind of like the breadth of what Max Fax do, because it's not just taking out teeth, but, you know, it's a lot of jaw surgeries, a lot of soft tissue stuff as well. Mm. So you kind of get a bit of everything mm. um, within the specialty. And, yeah, I don't think you could ever get bored just because there's just so much to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I find that too, like, with dentistry as well, like, I feel mm. like it's just grown on me and, like, slowly getting – and especially peak this year, mm. quite a bit with fourth year, getting exposed to all the specialties, like – um, as you said, um, getting involved with... I have a patient who I'm, like, doing endo and the crown and I can do a denture as well. Yeah. And, like, really getting to know them, like, that's that's what's really interesting yeah. for me. And I think I really enjoy dentistry in that, you know, like, when you compare it to medicine and being, like, a GP doctor or, like, just, you know, a medical doctor, you know, in dentistry, you can kind of do most of the treatment yourself. 
Um, and so you can really kind of do the whole treatment plan and kind of go on that journey with the patient. And then, you know, obviously when you've got a difficult case or you know that it's not really within your scope of practice, then at least you know you've got that safety net yeah. of referring off as well. But mm-hmm. I think like, yeah, even like, you know, being able to do a lot of what the dental specialists can do, it's quite mm-hmm. fun Yeah. yeah. Um, as a dentist. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You've mentioned that it's um, a very long pathway to yes. <laughs> get to where you've been right now as an OMFS resident. Yep. What has that pathway been like for you? So what are the steps you've been steps. through? Um, I've got to say, I think I've had it relatively easier than a lot mm-hmm. of people. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> um, I think the hardest bit after dental school um, is when you start working, you're like, oh, finally got an income. Mm-hmm. Do I want to study even more? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then after getting over that hurdle of, you know, now you're ready to study, it's just trying to get into med school. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the most difficult. And I think that's what a, the most difficult hurdle is for a lot of people who want to be, you know, aiming towards max backs is trying to get into med school. Um, and I mean, that unfortunately, there aren't really many lateral entry positions in Australia or New Zealand. Um, I think there might be, there's two in Adelaide, um, there might be one or two in New Zealand, um, and there's one in Western Australia, and that is it for all of Australia and New Zealand. Wow. So it's quite difficult to be able to get into a lateral, in, lateral entry position um, and being able to skip a couple of years of med school. Um, so I think a lot of people end up going through the post-grad route, which is having to sit the GAMS at. Mm-hmm which is not a great exam on it by itself. Um, and then being able to get, you know, having the right grade, or not the right grades, but, you know, having, you know, the GPA that you need to be considered to get into med school as well as getting the right scores for GAMSAT, being able to pass the interviews. So I think a lot of people struggle um, in terms of actually just getting to med school. So I think I got pretty lucky in that as soon as I knew I wanted to do max facts, um, just applied everywhere for med school mm-hmm. and got Adelaide um, and then was able to pass my exams for third year and it means now that I've had kind of like a safe cruising mm-hmm. <laughs> um, through med school. Um, so that was my pathway. I know a lot of people have worked um, or tried to get a lot more experience as well, like in a hospital setting. I know um, Ken has gone overseas to the UK as well mm-hmm. to get more exposure and more experience before coming back. Um, for med mm-hmm. um, and I think you know on this journey in terms of like just getting to med school getting to max facts a lot of people just get burnt out and they have to you know mm-hmm. reevaluate what their life you know what they want to do with life um, whether or not it's kind of worth the sacrifices you make along the way um, to get there so I'm not going to lie I've made a lot of sacrifices in order to be here to like to get to where I am today uh, but I think I've had a relatively cruisy <laughs> so far um, pathway into getting into med and getting on the track to max backs. Wow, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, it's it's tough with like medical based mm. degrees. Like the amount of, I think, the things that we have to sacrifice. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you get to know it, Ella, but like <laughs> your holidays kind of get shorter, and and you know clinical commitment. When you're not in clinic, there's like other stuff you need to do, like research as well and stuff like mm. that. So yeah, definitely, it's it's tough, but. Congratulations on making it so far. Yes, yeah. so far. Yeah. Don't want to say. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so next question is, what do you join the most as a MaxVax resident? Ooh, there's a lot of things I enjoy. 
There are a lot of things that I don't enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) No. I think for me, I really like interacting with patients um, and getting to know them a little bit, especially when they're really anxious and really scared because it's not every day they Mm -hmm. get teeth extracted or anything like that. So just having a chat with them, getting to know them a little bit more just to warm them up. Yeah. Um, and trying to make it the best experience is something that makes, you know, brings a little bit of joy in me. Um, but obviously it can be quite hard when they're already anxious. They've already, you know, fixated on this idea that, you know, all dentists are scary or they've had a really bad experience with the dentist in the past as well. Mm-hmm. But it's just trying to make that patient experience the best it can be. From a procedure point of view, I really I like checking out teeth. I like extractions. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think in Max Facts, like, I've only really assisted. Um, I haven't really I've done the surgery myself, but I really enjoy like orthognathic surgery. So that's like dual surgery um, and trauma. So yeah, kind of keeps every keeps everything on your toes a little bit. I like the problem solving that comes with Max Vax as well, and even like taking extracting teeth. Like when something doesn't go right, um, it's trying to you know figure out what you you know what you can do in it in order to get the tooth out mm. or parts of the tooth out. And then afterwards, it's a lot, I find it, it's very, it's good to reflect back to be like, oh, so what can I do next time to make things better? Mm-hmm. Um, or what can I do to make things so that they're, they're a bit more streamlined or I'm not wasting as much time or not causing so much trauma or discomfort to the patient? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what I kind of like about my job that I'm doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of that as well, because it's it's good to, ref- being able to reflect back and not being stressed out about it or still being able to learn from potentially like your mistakes or things that you've mm-hmm. done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's, yeah, that's, like, that's what I really like about fourth year as well. Like, everything, like, they, there's so much encouragement of, like, reflection and, like, continuous learning. And I love that dentistry is, like, it's a job where you can continuously learn, mm-hmm. even if you choose not to specialise. Like, yeah. um, sometimes general dentists will have their own niche that they go into. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think being a resident, mm. like, it's good to work in kind of, like, at that team environment as well. Mm. Um, and I think you get to talk to, I mean, you get to meet a lot of people who are like in a similar position to you as well, or, you know, you're kind of all going for that same goal, but different pathway. Mm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 That's awesome. Mm-hmm. What surprised you the most about practicing as an OMFS resident? <laughs> <laughs> I read this question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't know how to answer it. <laughs> I think I'm just like. I don't think, oh, I feel like I haven't be, had been surprised mm. for a while. <laughs> Do you feel like you yeah. came in quite prepared? Like, because yeah. you'd, you'd worked in a hospital. Yeah. And yeah. So okay. I feel like I've accounted, like, I think here the job has been a lot easier. Mm. <laughs> Whereas it, in Melbourne, you know, um, there's a lot more stuff that you have to do um, by yourself as well. Whereas in, I think in Adelaide, you get a lot more support from your peers, from your colleagues, um, and the people that you work around with as well. Um, I don't, oh, I think like the biggest thing that kind of shocked me, but I don't, I think I might've been like desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and apologies in advance is, I mean, seeing like my first hospital death. Um, oh. I think that would, I wouldn't say that was a surprise as such, but oh, yeah. more kind of a shock and be like, oh, people can actually die from this, like, you know, head trauma mm-hmm. and you kind of read about it, but you don't see it or like you don't expect to experience it um I think that was one kind of like I wouldn't say it's a surprise but Mm. but having to deal with death Mm -hmm. um and then I think the other thing is um I think in my first year out 
um, on Christmas Day, <laughs> I was oh working gosh. on Ooh. call and I got a call from the Max Fax Reg that I was working with at the time and he's like, you need to come in, you need to help me do this biopsy. And it was for this patient who had presented to ED with a massive swelling, but it wasn't a swelling, it was a fungating cancer. <laughs> so oh. it was this massive lesion on his cheek, been growing there for over two years. And I think I've seen cancer. It doesn't, you know, shock me as much, but this definitely shocked me. <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, and I think everything from that day, you kind of have that memory. Um, and I mean, you try, you, you do your best in terms of, trying to navigate through the feelings and all that you experience afterwards. Um, but, yeah, I think that would have been a little bit – that was a bit of a surprise as well. It was more so, why didn't you come in earlier? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. um, but, you know, you got to understand that patients have their own reasons um, for not presenting earlier and it's trying to understand their perspective. Mm -hmm. So I think more so from a patient, <clears throat> I guess, point of view, that surprised me. Um, but I think from a work point of view, nothing, nothing faces me anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think, like, when I went to up into um, level 12 of my oral surgery rotation, mm. like, that's when I learned a lot about, like, patient anxiety and, like, management. Like, that's when you'll see a lot of, like, medically compromised in there. And everyone who's up there, every patient is really anxious. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think not just learning how to take medical history, how to do LA and how to mm. extract teeth, but actually like the soft skills and the like the mm. um, patient management component yeah. is so, like you learn a lot in yeah. the one week that you have. I gotta say, system. and this is something you can definitely translate to, you know, when you're in your in the clinics and even when you graduate and go out is a lot of the, like 90% of dentistry is just patient communication. Mm. And, you know, making sure that patients understand they're as comfortable as they can be and hopefully, you know, you've made it so that they're going to be having a good experience at the dentist because I think a lot of them, especially patients that you could see that come through the hospital as well, they've all had a very traumatic past and unfortunately it's been with dentists. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, a lot of it's just patient communication, being able to kind of like de-escalate mm -hmm. anxiety um, and just being able to talk to them and I mean, it's one of those things that it could be that unfortunately on your first appointment with them, you can't really do anything because that's how nervous they are or that's how anxious they are. Um, and then you just have to bring them for another kind of like another appointment just to be like, okay, you've kind of, mm. kind of like what you, when you start doing pediatrics mm. um, and sometimes you'll have kind of like, you'll have appointments where you just essentially, you can't do anything, mm -hmm. but you just have kind of got to show them and introduce them slowly to the dental setting as well. Mm. Yeah, and I think, you, yeah, unfortunately you have to do that with adults, but it's a, it's a good learning skill, it's a good learning um, curve, but it's also a great skill to have mm. once you've got it, yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, like, not all patients are gonna like you, not all patients yeah. are gonna be happy with what you do, so yeah. <laughs> don't, definitely don't take it to heart or be offended <laughs> if they say stuff, so, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. This kind of links into the next question. So what are some challenging aspects of being a Max Fax resident? For me, the challenge has been more on the social side of things more than anything and relationships. Mm -hmm. I think the work stuff, the clinical stuff has been relatively straightforward. Yeah. But as I mentioned earlier, like the sacrifices you have to make in order to go along this pathway. I think a lot of people have had it easy. They've had it difficult. Mm -hmm. um, for me, obviously, it's like moving to Adelaide, mm -hmm. um, which I 
you know, looking back, no, I'm glad I've moved to Adelaide um, or else I would have been stuck in Melbourne my whole life and <laughs> I wouldn't have developed any sort of survival skills. <laughs> um, but obviously, like, moving to, like, a new city where you don't have, like, many support people, you know, friends, family and all that can be quite difficult. You know, I've had, like, relationship breakdowns as well, you know, um, so I've got to say like maybe the first year and a half, two years of me being in Adelaide, um, weren't great. And I think that was definitely a big challenge to me. Um, I'm not too sure how much mental health stuff you guys get taught about or taught people that taught how open people are in terms of talking about, but I think I was definitely depressed for the first two years. Um, and I'm that type of person who's like, oh, I'll never get depressed. Like, <laughs> not me. Yeah, not me. <laughs> I'm tough. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, did, so I definitely was someone who kind of got a shock in that. I didn't think I'd be depressed. I'm better now, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, it was that more this, the relationships um, and just the mental health, I think, has been the biggest challenge. But I think now... Um, so made friends yeah. <laughs> I've got friends um, and you know been able to deal with all that um, I guess in my own way as well and I think the other thing for me is you know I learn you know you learn in when you're doing health science or like you're doing medicine you're like oh if someone's depressed you know these are the things they can do you know they can be on medicines and I'm like no nah, I don't want to be on medicines um, I've got to deal this you know deal with it in my own way and then if I need to then um, you know but also knowing like when to call for help as well and knowing that you do have people out there who do care for you um, and, you know, just even talking to people um, and I think just being open with how you're feeling, especially with your mental health, um, whether or not it's just one day that you're really stressed and everything goes wrong in the world <laughs> um, or if you know that there might be ongoing, just having, just being open, having a chat with people is a good way deal with all that yeah yeah for mm. sure like I like I like how dentistry is like everyone knows each other and stuff so we it is easy to make friends mm. but yeah definitely because of how difficult the degree can get mm. and how different it is to like other degrees as well yeah. there are times definitely during the year like where it gets really tough or like things mm. happen in clinic and it kind of just snowballs a bit mm. um but yeah. And you can feel very alone. You feel like like if you're having an issue in clinic or um, yeah. like with academics and you feel like nobody else is having it exactly. and then you don't know yeah. how to talk to somebody yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like sometimes, and I understand like people don't want to talk about the tough things that they're going through in clinic, which mm. is why I try and tell people like, oh, something has happened <laughs> yeah. to me in clinic. Um, yeah. Come to see me at events if you want to know how I've been mm. messed up. Um, but but yeah, I think it's like, yeah, it's really important to just talk to people and, and, and just reach out. Yeah. yeah. I got to say, like, even just having a mental health day, really important. I know we take it for granted, especially when you're doing such a, like, intense degree as well. And people expect for you to be switched on and be, you know, at 100%. But there are days where you're just going to be exhausted or, you know, you're not going to be mentally there. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just trying to take the time for yourself is very important. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to take some time for a message from our sponsors. Right Evans Partners, the dental, accounting and finance specialists. Our people are here to assist you in every step of your career. Whether you're a student, dentist or business owner, we have the tools and the experience to see you succeed. Our dental graduate program provides you with a complimentary tax return or business activity statement 
and a financial health check to help you kickstart your career. Contact us today via our website, Facebook and Instagram, or on 8208 4777 to start planning your financial future. WEP, with you every step of the way. So, now we're back. Mm-hmm. Ella, do you want to start us off? Um, one question we like to ask, which is a little <laughs> bit more on the fun side. Yeah. If you could describe yourself as any dental instrument or burr, what yeah. would it be and why? I also read this question <laughs> and I was debating. <laughs> I was like, oh, what could I be? I've got to say in dental school, in our like final year, um, we had like, obviously we had like our class magazine and we kind of got asked this question as well. And I'm pretty sure my answer was like a Hollenbach. And obviously, oh. like, very different from where I am right now. Would I ever oh. use a Hollenbeck? No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because at the time I thought I was going to be doing, like, aesthetic dentistry. I was really into doing, like, you know, resin composites and stuff like that. So, very different pathway now. <laughs> oh. um, so now there are three instruments. <laughs> There's three instruments. Okay. And I think I was kind of just, like, evaluating in terms of, like, obviously how often I use these instruments. Um, which are like my top three most commonly used instruments, which would be a Minnesota, which is a retractor, um, a Luxator, um, or a malt periosteal. Um, So um, so usually the malt periosteal, that's the instrument that helps lift your flap up from the bone. Um, But don't quote me on this and don't don't use me as an example, (laughs) Uh, but often... I may use a periosteal to elevate teeth out too. <laughs> so it has dual purpose. <laughs> um, so I think out of those three instruments, it'd actually have to be between a luxator and a malt periosteal. Oh. I haven't, yeah, mm-hmm. I know, I haven't particularly, I haven't really pinpointed, it's not 100%, it's not finalised. Mm-hmm. That's what instrument would describe me. But I think, if anything, I'd be leaning towards a malt periosteal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, okay. just because it's multi-purpose. Mm-hmm. multi-purpose. And there's a curved end and a sharp end, so oh, it might yeah. explain my personality, you know. Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's, That's right, yeah. That's so good. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I love I love this question. I love, mm-hmm. like, yeah. people's explanation What have been well? other people's answers? Um, I think... You've gotten something very interesting or very hilarious. Dr. Murray was a spoon excavator, spoon wasn't she? Spoon excavator, oh, yes. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. And then Dr. Trudy Lin, who's a special needs um, dentistry specialist, mm. she said an explorer. Oh, yeah, okay. like mm. just exploring all the different surfaces, which is very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Have you given any thought about what you think you would be, Ella? I don't oh, know. Sorry, what I'm putting it in your that's okay. That's okay. Right. Oh, I feel like I for feel the like, next episode. Yeah, next episode we'll do like, oh, do like all the all the a pubs Gen Com members. I think I might. I would like. I would like to say I'm like a mirror, like kind oh, of like yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like thinking about it from different angles, yeah. um, and like not 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 quite like operative quite yet, but you know mm-hmm. there, you know, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know what you need to do yeah. once you've seen mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Yeah. You're exactly. right consistent. Oh, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Okay, fantastic. Next question is, um, as many of us come to realise, dentistry can be a really stressful job at times. So how do you unwind and make sure your mental health is okay? Oh, well, I'm, before I started this job in Adelaide, I hated exercise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would run maybe like once a month 
and that would be because I would have had a big meal the night before <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, nah, just got to burn it off. Mm-hmm. Need to run. Feel healthy. Yes, feel healthy in somewhat. Um, but no, I think moving to Adelaide, um, obviously, as I mentioned before, with my depression, but also with COVID lockdown mm-hmm. um, for the past year or two, um, I've actually, I think I find exercise to be a very good therapeutic outlet mm-hmm. um, just to deal with all my stress. So I do a bit of running. Um, do Pilates um, and yoga via mm. YouTube because I'm oh. cheap. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It's easy though. It's yeah. like right there. Like there's nothing yeah. stopping you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I do a lot of like blogilates, oh. Mad Fit, and then I started also doing yoga with Adrian as well. Oh, Shout nice. out to those YouTubers. <laughs> this is an unpaid ad. <laughs> um, so that's definitely helped me out a lot. Um, and then just running. And I think in terms of running, it's just because I used to be such a terrible runner. I used to hate running in high school, like especially when you used to do laps of the oval. Oh, no. Um, so now I can actually run, you know, five kilometres, which is great. <laughs> it's great. So good. You know, if you asked me, if you told me in, like, high school if I could mm. run five kilometres, of like, get out. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't even run, like, 200 metres <laughs> at that time in my life. Um, so... Yeah, mm. I think running's been definitely, and I think with running as well, especially when you're not at the gym and on the treadmill, but like mm. running outside, mm. you get some nice distractions of the environment and the scenery as well. You get to judge some people too as well. <laughs> 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 um, but it's one of those things that I can just, um, I guess, have my own thoughts, do my own thought process yeah. while looking very red. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever done like park run and stuff? Like, they have that, like, Saturday no. morning, like, 8 a.m. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no one can watch me run. <laughs> I mean, only two people can watch, like, three people max can watch me run. <laughs> oh, um, okay. And luckily, then none of them are in Adelaide, so they oh. haven't seen how terrible I am running. Um, but, no, I was supposed to do a half marathon. The goal was, at the beginning of the year, that I was going to do a half marathon with my cousin. Um, I have pulled out. Oh, no. <laughs> but it's because I'm going to be in Wyala, so... Oh. And it was going to be for the Melbourne Marathon. So I wasn't planning to fly back from Wyala to Melbourne to do a marathon. And then the next day, while I'm supposed to be recovering, to try and get back to Wyala. So that is my excuse. (laughs) But hopefully I'll be able to do one um, maybe at the end of the year. Yeah. Or closer to the end of the year. So that that will be my life goal in the next five years. Um, no marathons, though. (laughs) (laughs) A marathon is too far. Like, I feel like (laughs) Yeah. I like because I had a friend who did a marathon like maybe first year out of dental school. Wow! And like I watched him die. Really, like <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> dies a bit of an exaggeration. But like, yeah. I think we you got to have the right mentality as well to do a marathon. I'm yeah. that person who is very pessimistic when it comes to oh. like, oh nah, should take a break now. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's hurting. Yeah. And then well, you know, once you start walking and you're like, oh nah, that's it. Yeah. You've hit the wall, mm-hmm. oh, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know when I like start getting a stitch, I cannot recover from the stitch. Like even yeah. when I'm at home working out, once I get a stitch, it's like game over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, exercise I think has been the biggest thing that's helped me um, with stress. But I think mm-hmm. the other things are just you know seeing like what are some ways that I can reduce the stress. Like what's what mm-hmm. what's causing my stress, yeah. um, and seeing if there are ways to reduce the stress. And I think. I've got, like, a really good support system in Adelaide now. So there are people I can always complain about life to, (laughs) I will talk to. Um, And then, you know, worst case scenario, you know, there's always uh, good old WhatsApp, you know, Zoom Mm -hmm. to have chats with, like, friends who might be overseas or interstate as well. So, 
yeah, that's really good. I think I think a good thing about COVID, I feel like, is it made everyone a bit more resilient and made people mm. like think about how they can look after themselves a bit better and mm. stuff like yeah. that. Especially in isolation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're kind of forced to. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Next question. So how can undergrad dental and oral health students, well, maybe more dental students, make sure that they have the confidence and skills to treat patients in the oral surgery department um, on level 12? Are there any particular resources that you recommend? Oh, I think my main resource really would be the therapeutic guidelines, but I know those are always changing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's more so, you know, looking at how do you deal with um, acute presentations, especially with, you know, pain and swelling or infections, um, but also being able to, I guess, deal with, like, medically compromised patients as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have, unfortunately, doesn't have all the answers, um, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like a good basis for you to, like, work on. Um think just being confident in yourself as well um and think you're just patient communication and I think unfortunately sometimes it can be a bit hard because you're kind of stuck in that student mind but you got to remember the patient's a person too yeah. um they're not just someone there for you to take out teeth <laughs> yeah. extract teeth um but there's a reason why they're there um you know obviously they might be really scared as well um, especially, unfortunately, you know, there are quite a few patients who don't understand how the oral surgery unit works and that, you know, it's pretty much student-led mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, the treatment and all that as well. Mm-hmm. So I think students um, just got to remember that patients are people too. Um, they're scared, they're vulnerable, and just remember, you know, to treat them as a person rather than, you know, oh, we're going to be taking out nine teeth in this yeah, people. Nine this nine unit today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah. So I think instead of seeing them to, like as an objective measure or like KPI or something like that, see them as someone, <laughs> see them as a person, see them like as a family member or a friend that you're looking after. Yeah. Um, I think you will learn the skills, you know, throughout because um, you'll start, you know, oral surgery in fourth year, but you kind of develop those skills in fourth and fifth year, even after you get, you can start, you know, extracting teeth in the community clinics or in your GP clinics. Um, but it even continues like after you graduate as well. Mm. So I think you will get the skills or what you need of the skills and you'll definitely consolidate them. But I think there are some really important things that you do need to know already. And that's patient, you know, patient centered care, patient communication, which is all very important. Yeah. 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 Like a personal story of mine is like, um, I've been lucky enough that I don't, I haven't had much like dental treatment done. I've got like a few fish sealants, but other than mm. that, not not anything really and like the first real dental treatment I had done was like my lower eights taken out and like I feel like sometimes maybe um people forget that like they've done this eight um heaps of times but that was like my first ever dental treatment like to get mm. teeth taken out that's really scary actually. yeah it yeah. was really you scary. had a feeling or anything no no oh. feeling like no LA before <laughs> yeah yeah so so yeah definitely I agree like remember that like they're a person as well and like everyone comes in with their own um attitudes towards Mm -hmm. um oral health and their own preconceptions so i think it's yeah it's really important to keep Mm -hmm. that in mind Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and i think like a lot of these patients that you'll see they've either had like multiple treatments where you know Mm -hmm. they've had such a terrible experience um or like you you know Mm -hmm. never had treatment before have no idea what they're going to experience Mm -hmm. um and i think it's i'm not too sure if you guys still do it when you get to practice local anesthetic on each other yeah but like (laughs) even like that's a great like that's a great thing for you to obviously practice how to inject Mm -hmm. but also like what how do you experience it as a patient afterwards with the local anesthetic because i remember like 
I mean, I would have been like eight, nine when I had teeth extracted and like I remember the rubbery feeling. Mm. But then it's also like when I was in dental school, I forgot all about all the other things which are really terrible, like not being able to eat or like mm. trying to guesstimate as to where your tongue is so you don't bite on it afterwards yeah. and stuff like that. So it's like one of those things you can definitely relate to the patient like that as well and explain it to them even if they've had multiple treatments because mm. there's always, always going to be something new for mm. the patient as well and their experience. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think a few years ago, um, students would do bilateral blocks yeah. on each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then it was just like, I mean, we, we thankfully, we never had to do it. But then from then on, the students were like, yeah, yeah, really try not to <laughs> give bilateral blocks if you can. Because, yeah, it was just, yeah. I mean, I'm so glad I didn't have to do it. But yeah. even when I did do it, um, I did like... Um, um, like no LA, I mean no adrenaline LA. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, yeah, I can eat. So I went to the um one of the places on Harley Street. Yeah. And and then I ate and then like I bit my lip because I thought it was like a piece of meat. And then it was like, oh, it was so yeah. bad. So definitely, I'm like, yeah, don't eat. Or eat That's on the right. other side. Yeah. Eat slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember my friend practiced on me. Well, we had our first practice session, and then it was maybe like a couple of weeks later, and we. My friend and I had like no patients rock up, so we're like, "Oh, why don't we just do local in each other?" <laughs> with, the but, with the tutor yeah. being there as well, yeah. um, so we did it to each other. But I think we decided to do it. So I was like, I had like quadrant three done and quadrant one done, and he had like similar as well, and that is the worst. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Oh, because so, you're like both yeah. sides are numb. And then um, at lunchtime, so we had like food that had to be heat up as well. Oh. So even trying <gasps> to eat a steak, well, I had steak. Oh which is not great. Oh <laughs> so I definitely don't have a steak after you have local aesthetic. Um, yeah, that was a struggle. Oh my yes. God. Yeah, yeah. Like even now, like um, I think sometimes um, the tutors would be like, you should try like this product, like um, um, MI Varnish or like um, Tooth Mousse and see what it tastes like. Or like oh. I've had patients tell me that like Nutrafol 5000 tastes like it's better for them. Like it's not yeah. as bubbly. Mm. Yeah. So like if you can, some of the products are kind of yeah. expensive, but like, Oh, yeah. no, I definitely I definitely agree with that. Like, yeah. it's really important, I mean, within reason, mm. <laughs> really important to try everything you're telling patients because mm. obviously then, you know, if you've tried it before, then you can give them advice being like, oh, this is going to taste terrible or this is going to taste great. Like, tooth mousse, love that stuff, mm. especially the uh, tutti-free flavour. <laughs> that is my favourite flavour. Um, I think the strawberry one's not bad as well. Okay. That'd be my top two. Mm. Um, I'm also a big fan of vanilla. I know there's also a mint-flavoured one as well. Wow. But, you know, tutti-frutti. Tutti-frutti. Great stuff, yep. Yeah. Um, and then it's stuff like Durafat that just smells like, you know, fake bananas. So oh. people like those lollies. Yeah, nice. you can tell them that as well. Mm. Um, what else? I've tried, oh. like, Salvacol, like, Curacep. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It altered my taste for, like, the whole time I was using yeah. it. Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah. I was like, oh. And that's one of the common side effects of yeah. Savicol, yeah, is that it does alter taste. And so patients freak out and they're like, oh, we've got that, we've got that injury that you're talking about, that that nerve injury. And you're oh, like, no. And you're like, oh, no. no, no, it's just the mouthwash. It's oh, just the mouthwash. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think the other good thing, I'm not too sure if you guys had it, but I had braces. And mm. I remember when I got first got braces, it was so difficult to eat. Like, mm -hmm. I wanted to eat fried rice for some reason, but I couldn't even eat it. Like, I was just poking at it. Oh, my. <laughs> because of just how tight the braces were. Oh, yeah. uncomfortable. So, yeah. Oh, my God. So, that's Unfortunately, we can't put banding on each other. But that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, what advice do you have for undergraduate students who might be interested in doing MaxFags? Ooh. Um, keep your options open. Mm. Definitely don't <clears throat> telescope yourself into one specialty. Mm. Um, I think, or else then you won't enjoy the other aspects of dentistry as well. Mm. Um, I mean, it's really good. I'm not saying don't, don't go into MaxFags, <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, there's a, you only get one opportunity to go for dental school. Enjoy everything of it. Because <laughs> um, I know there are a lot of, like, from experience from, like, friends who have been very fixated on certain specialties, you know, they get really fixated and then they start doing it or they start going on the pathway and then they realise it's not for them. So I think it's important to still keep an open mind um, and really just, yeah, as I said, enjoy dentistry, enjoy, like, the life that you get as a dental student as well. Because, um, you know, once you start working, then... You know, life isn't as great. <laughs> Obviously, you've got other stresses in your life as well, um, but you do get an income. Um, but I think in terms of, you know, if you are really interested in Max Facts, you know, um, just showing, you know, that you are interested in it, you know, having a chat with, you know, the staff upstairs. Um, I know you can do, like, volunteer sessions as well during the holidays. Um, so those are all really good opportunities to, you know, kind of, like, show your face and get to know the unit as well. Um, you know, reading up on things. Um, you don't have to be an expert. <laughs> um, but, you know, just showing that you've got an interest um, in Max Facts. And then I know for a lot of people, they might be doing honours um, when they're in fourth year or fifth year and they might pick some topics that would be related to surgery as well. And that's obviously another way to show interest as well. Um, but I think the other thing is... Um, don't be too eager, though, <laughs> um, or else then people just, um, they might get a little bit scared of you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. um, but no, I think that, uh, people upstairs, they're really, like, they're really excited when people yeah. show an interest in Max Facts um, because then that's when they get to, you know, if there's, like, a really, I'm not, oh, it's hard, don't know if it's going to happen still because of COVID, but, you know, sometimes they might be like, oh, there's this really cool case coming on, mm -hmm. um, or that's about to go to theatre, did you want to come along? Um, and see what we do, you know, in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 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 But I think, you know, most importantly is just, you know, still keeping an open mind. Um, really just enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think once you um, – I did, this is what everything – this is, like, what I tell everyone is just have a year of general dentistry because you don't know what you're going to like or not like because you've only done – you start clinics in third, second year, third year. Okay. Yeah, so you don't really know what you like until mm -hmm. you actually get out because it's kind of like an artificial space in yeah, dental school. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously when you're in the big bad world <laughs> um, <laughs> um, of, you know, dentistry, then you, mm -hmm. that's when you kind of pick up a little bit more of like what do you really enjoy, what do you really hate? Yeah. Um, and then that kind of tailors you into you know, if you want to specialise or if you just, if you want to continue um, as a general dentist, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, yeah, I think I get what you say about, like, the artificialness because um, even in, like, ADH, like, crowns are, like, so, so cheap, so subsidised compared to private. Yeah. So it's, like, I think it, it can be, like, really difficult talking to patients about treatment planning and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, which we don't really, yeah. it's not as difficult in this space than this yeah. outside. Because I think when you know, when you start working, obviously it's not just, oh, this is the best treatment for mm -hmm. you, but it's also, oh, this is what the financials are going to be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is going to be how many, you know, appointments it's going to be. And obviously a lot of patients have their own lives as well. They're working, you know, they're 
doing other stuff. And so, and they don't really have that flexibility to come in when you want them to come in to get stuff done too. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. Okay. So, um, you're currently finishing medical school here at the University of Adelaide. What are your plans for next year? Are you thinking of staying in Adelaide? So, I'm waiting to hear back for internship. So, that comes out soon, 20th of July. Yeah. It's really soon. It is very soon. (laughs) Um, So, I've applied for both South Australia and Victoria. And we'll just see what I get. Um, But I don't mind staying in Adelaide for another year. (laughs) Um, I think life would be easier in that I don't have to move. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm hoping. Mm. Touch wood, fingers crossed, that I don't have to move places Mm -hmm. or anything like that. So, um, no, so that's the plan. Yeah. 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 Are you going to go back to Melbourne in the end, do you think? Hard to say. Maybe Mm. for my resident year, so second year out um, from med school, I might go back to Melbourne. um, And that's just to get a bit more experience with surgery. Mm. Um, But unfortunately, with MaxVax training, it's very hard. You can't be very picky as to where you go. So it could be that I might move to, I might stay in Adelaide, might move to a different state, might move back to Melbourne. It's all, um, it's hard, yeah, up in the air, but also I think... Um, it's one of those things where you also have to be very flexible with your life in terms of you have to be willing to move as well. So it's a bit hard. I should have said that at the beginning in terms of some of the difficulties with MaxVax is that you do have to make sacrifices in terms of moving around Australia and New Zealand too. Um, unfortunately, you can't just be in the one state forever, even though life would be so much easier for a lot of people. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, okay, Wow. Good luck. Well, I Thank think you. by the by the time this episode is actually uploaded, I think oh yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll yeah. find out. Yeah. <laughs> the story continues. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any final words of wisdom you'd like to share with us? Ooh. <laughs> final, final have opportunity. Fun. Enjoy dental school. Yes. Enjoy dental school. Yeah. But yes, no. Um, enjoy dental school. Um, as I said before, you only go for dental school once. So enjoy everything that it has to offer. Um, don't just concentrate on, like, work and study, but also have fun, you know, go out, don't party too hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and hopefully you find um, an interest that you really like within dentistry or even outside of dentistry. So um, I think the other thing is um, you're not locked into dentistry forever. So if you don't really enjoy dentistry after you start working, do know there are, you know, there are other things out there that you can do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's true. Yeah. Okay. So that brings us to the end of the podcast today. So we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the owners of the land in which we are privileged to record our Dente podcast on, the Ghana people, the traditional custodians of the land, waterways and skies across Adelaide. We thank them for sharing and caring for the land on which we are able to share our experiences. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging and we share our friendship and our kindness. And also, as usual, shout out to Chris for editing this podcast episode and don't forget to subscribe to Our Dente through Spotify and Apple Music. Okay, thank you. Awesome.